0: So uh, We've been in a series called Enemies of the Heart, and just exploring some of the emotions that uh, that sort of get lodged deep inside of our hearts. That Jesus said, when, when he said things like, out of the heart the mouth speaks, and the things that uh, you think, the things that you say, the actions you take, they really come from the heart. And, and so we've been going after this, and, and this is our second week, uh, uh, actually our third week in this series and uh, we're going to go after um, a, a very dangerous, very dangerous enemy or emotion of the heart today. But it is it is the most obvious. And so um, we've been taught all our lives to modify all our lives to modify our behavior, to control our behavior. If we say something we shouldn't be saying, we're told, "Don't say that again." If we if we take an action that we uh, was wrong, that was you know breaking the law, breaking a rule in the house, breaking a rule in school, or in life. We're told, don't do that again. There's repercussions. There's consequences. And so what we do is we modify our behavior. We change our behavior so we don't do those things again. That's just the way life works. We're taught to change our behavior to fix uh, fix our problems. But Jesus said the reality is that there's something deeper than your behavior that needs to be fixed. It's your heart that needs to be fixed. It's something way deeper. You can't see it. It's that invisible thing that, that uh, stores your emotions, that, that leaks out your emotions, that, that is hurt, that celebrates, that loves. Uh, it's that thing deep inside of us. That is the thing that's been corrupted. And so when we're speaking harshly or hurting people or when we're receiving hurt and having uh, uh, outbreaks of anger and frustration... It comes from the heart. That's what Jesus said. So, so we're going to talk about this topic a little bit today uh, as we move forward. But really what happens in life, let me just tell you, and I know all of you can relate to this in some way, shape, or form. We learn how to be good people. We learn what to say, when to say it. We learn what to say to get a job, to keep a job. We, we learn what to say to get a date and keep a date. We, we, we learn what to say to make people around us happy. Right, but Jesus was not about behavior modification. His belief was that if the things in your heart are dealt with, everything else flows naturally in the right direction. And, and so we're going after these enemies of the heart. Uh, we believe, I believe that there's going to be a lot of people set free as we just as we nail these one week, uh, week by week. Um, so we're good at, at modifying and controlling our behavior. But Paul, excuse me, uh, Solomon wrote in Proverbs, he says this. He says something in, in 423, Proverbs 423, that's very powerful. He says that out of the heart flows the issues of life. So he said, above all else, guard your heart. Because all of life flows from it. He didn't say guard your mouth, like, oh, I shouldn't have said that, sorry. He didn't say guard your actions. He said, "Guard your heart." So, so that that would be the key verse of this series that that we're going after. What does it look like to guard our hearts, and what does it look like if after our hearts been unguarded to to deal with the stuff that's gotten inside of us? All right. So, um, last week we talked about the the emotional uh, the the emotional enemy of guilt and, and how guilt tries to come on us. How how. People start to feel guilty, and, and uh, the fact, that, fact of the matter is that Jesus wants people free. He wants people free from guilt. Guilt says this: I owe you say say I said something to you that that hurt you um, say, say I took something from you, I broke something of yours. I have this feeling deep inside of me that I owe you something I owe you. Uh, An apology Um, I owe you something. I owe you money to compensate for the things that i've broken of yours That's what guilt says guilt says I owe you and and god is so amazing. He has this remedy for guilt Because he doesn't want his people to carry it and his remedy is confession And so if you weren't here last week, you can listen to that message today We're going to talk about another enemy called anger now, I want to share with you a story. Anger could be a heavy topic, but this is not a heavy story, okay? Years ago, as my wife and I uh, started our lives together, we were married, and we had our first apartment, and I, I was making this nice, elaborate meal. It was peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for, for us. And she was seating, uh, seated on the couch, and, and you know, as always, I was proud of my, my creation, and, and I was walking with my creation in hand, to, uh, to give to my wife. And as I was walking from the kitchen to my wife was seated on the couch, uh, I, I stubbed my toes so bad. I mean, this is not one of those. You just say, ow and move on and, and, and go on with life. I'll be okay. This was one like excruciating. I I mean, painful. I don't know if you've ever done it. I thought my toes were broken. And so as, as I'm writhing in pain, right. And I start to go down, you know, I'm going down. Uh, uh, I look at my wife for some sense of consolation, compassion, love, you know, I mean, like this is all, it seemed like slow motion to me, you know, I mean, I'm going down, I'm yelling, ah, I'm screaming, you know, and I look over at my wife and what is she doing? She is laughing at me. She's laughing at me. Now, just to give, just just because I, I don't want her, everyone to hate her. Okay, so, so this was something that was part of her family's heritage. Someone gets hurt, you laugh. She was trained this way. I had never experienced it before because I had never gotten injured in front of her. So, so my response, in agony, and pain, uh, was, I was mad. I was mad. I'm lying on the ground and, and she's laughing and she's trying to apologize because she knew that I was mad. But every time she tried to apologize, she'd laugh more. <laughs> and I'm getting more mad because in my, in my book, you don't laugh when people get hurt. In her book, that's the, that's the, common, uh, the common response. So uh, I'm getting mad. She's laughing. I'm just telling her, get away from me because I mean my, I'm, just get, I'm seriously getting mad at this moment. I mean, I was, I was hurting, maybe being a baby too, but, I, uh, and, and so even over time, um, we, we didn't resolve that thing right away. I was mad, and, and I knew that this would happen again, and it did happen again, and I got mad again, because uh, she, it was almost like she was celebrating my injury. You know, it was all, almost like she was happy. That's, that's the way I took it. She was happy I got hurt. So in my mind, she owed me. You see, anger is, uh, anger is when you feel someone owes you. Guilt is when you feel you owe somebody else. So in my mind, she owed me an apology, and it couldn't come while she was laughing. And so there were times, uh, you may think I'm just crazy and I am to some degree, uh, but there were times as, as, uh, our marriage went on and our time together went on where she would laugh again and it would just stir that old wound up once again. And I, I, it took me some time to realize this is just who she is. And ultimately I had to choose to forgive her, but, uh, so anyway, as I'm going down and I'm seeing this lack of compassion, the celebration in my wife's eyes and face, right, I, I, I'm in so much pain that that I squeeze my hands like this. I'm like, ah, and, and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches just oozed out between my fingers. True story, true story. Um, but we are talking about anger today. So. Let's just talk about this topic for a moment. I, I have my issues. You have yours. Let's, let's, let's try and fix those things, okay, a little bit. Um, that's the peanut butter and jelly story. Oh, there's many more. So guilt says I owe you. Anger says you owe me. You feel like it, maybe it's an apology you're owed. Maybe, you know, you've been through life where you worked your tail off in a job. You know, and you are, you, you, you are in line for the promotion. You are the best possible candidate. All of a sudden, the boss chooses somebody else. And you feel like, wait a second, you owe me. I, I, I've served really hard here. Maybe for you, your, your husband, you know, they bailed, he bailed out on your marriage. You know, he walked, walked away from you. And like this was, this was, this relationship was like part of your dreams, happily ever after. And it didn't end up that way. And as he walked away, you, you're, you, you start to feel that anger well up inside uh, amidst the many other emotions that you felt. And you feel like, you've ruined me. You owe me. Maybe, maybe you feel that way as a man toward your wife that walked out on you and took your kids and bailed out on you. Or maybe as a child, and I shared a story last week where the father, a father walks out. Maybe your ch- as a child, one of, your, one of your family members walked out on you. They, 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 they left. And it ruined everything about your family. You were the family that the dad walked out, you know, for the other woman. And, you know, it, it robbed you of various things in life that that uh, you, you felt were owed you as a child. And your response in your heart is anger. Because he owes me. He, he took from us as a family. He took our financial status. He took our reputation. He took a whole bunch of things from our family and it's just not good and you can plug in your story you know maybe someone took your purity yeah, maybe maybe someone took your honor they they took advantage of you they took from you and, and your feeling is that uh you are owed you are owed and i'll say this show me an angry person and i'll show you someone who's hurt i'll show you a hurting person See, we, we don't really see through or past the reality that there's something deep down inside that's going on in that person's heart that needs to be healed. So, so angry people, you see that on, on the outside, but there's something uh, uh, deep inside of them. And I can guarantee you that hurting person is hurt because someone took something from them. Someone owes them something. Um, uh, something in the past has happened that they feel like there's a debt that needs to be paid to them. Am I relating to anyone? Uh, I I can tell you more stories about myself if you want. But I I think that we could get the picture that, you know, uh, the interesting part about anger is this. It's obvious to everyone but you. It's sad, but the people around you bear the brunt of the anger that you deal with. And many times... It's easy to pass it off like, if you wouldn't say that to me or do that to me, I wouldn't get angry. But the people in your life are walking around on eggshells. People are walking around uh, afraid to say certain things to you because of the wrath they know is coming their way if they do. And it's not fair because many of the times, the people in your life that bear the brunt of your anger aren't even the reason why you're angry. It's, in fact, it's been so long that that anger has been lodged, wedged in, deep in your heart. You you don't even know why you're angry. You're just angry. But it impacts your relationships, the closest ones to you, even the farthest ones from you. Um, it, it impacts you as a person. So, so we want to go after this topic. Uh, and I believe that God's going to set some people free today. It's easy for us to blame people for our anger. And we could say, you know, I wouldn't be angry at you, if, um, but, but I'm hoping that the Holy Spirit will shine some light today, through His Word, uh, uh, on on the the source or the core or the root uh, of what's going on in our lives today. Amen. We could be free today. Isn't that amazing? God's desire, Jesus's desire. He came to set the captive free. He came to uh, uh, purge your heart, purge my heart of things. And let me just tell you something. I'll just, I'm not afraid to be transparent. As I go through these things, God does a work in me. He, he just does. Okay, no one's exempt from these problems, these, these emotions, these things, because these are natural outcomes from uh, experiences that we have in life. So if, if there's an emotion that you, you have that we identify, it doesn't, please understand this, it does not make you a bad person. It doesn't mean that you're bad, that you're wicked, that you're evil. It just means that there's some healing that has to take place. That's all. And and Jesus came to do that. He came to do that for all of us. So uh, these are the things that we're going after. Um, Like I said, many people don't see anger in themselves. But it's important, if if you're curious, ask people around you. Ask people around you. And if they're hesitant in their answer or if they're scared to answer the question... That should be a sign to you that maybe they don't want you to erupt if, you, if you're honest. Or maybe there's some truth to the reality that, the, that you need to uh, allow the Lord to, to shine some light on some stuff going on in your heart. Okay? So in Ephesians chapter 4, we find uh, an interesting passage. Now, this is Paul writing to the Ephesians. And he's writing to them in this section about uh, godly Christian living. What, what does a Christian look like? How do they live their lives? And, and in your Bible, there may be various titles for, for this section, um, but he hits on one thing before he hits on this anger thing, and that, and that is following the truth. Put off falsehood, speak truthfully, and then he goes right into this major, heavy topic of anger. And he says this in verse 26. It's a relatively familiar verse. Paul writing to the Ephesians says this, In your anger do not sin. You see that? So he's presupposing that people are going to get angry to some degree, right? He's presupposing that things aren't going to go your way. In fact, many times the result or the, the, res, the response of anger is because you didn't get your way, right? Especially to those close to you. You're, you're not getting your way, so your response is anger. So... Paul is saying this, in your anger, do not sin. That word anger uh, is used from the context of something that has been provoked from the outside. So it's not internal yet. It's something that has, has happened to the outside of us. And, and our emotional response, our response is anger. So in your anger, when when something happens to you from the outside, Do not sin. Now, this this phrase almost comes literally from Psalm 4-4. Those words. It almost comes literally from Psalm 4-4. And the psalmist goes on to say in Psalm 4, after in your anger, do not sin. He says this, in your bed, search your hearts. In your bed, search your hearts. In essence, he's saying this. You know what? Anger is going to come. Uh, things that uh, arouse our anger, things that frustrate us is going to come. It's what we do with it that matters. And so what do we do with anger? Well, we're going to read here as we read on, there's one thing that we do not do, and that is this. We do not let the sun go down while we're still angry. One thing we don't do is we don't let the sun go down while we're still angry. So, so uh, Paul is writing to the Ephesians. And, and he's saying something to the effect of. We need to shift our focus off of the uh, the outward experience. The, the, the experience that happened from out, the outward. That person that said something. That person that took from us. That person that humiliated us. That person that abused us. Whatever it is. We need to take our focus off of the outward experience. And begin to put it. Uh, on, inward into the focus of our hearts, okay? Into the focus of our hearts. So the first word anger is something that's been provoked from the outside. That's the translation in Greek. Um, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're angry. That second word anger uh, means rage or wrath. And what we're being told by Paul as he quotes from the Old Testament is that we, we can't allow yesterday's stuff, yesterday's uh, experiences, yesterday's anger to carry over into today. We we can't let the things that we experience today carry over into tomorrow because ultimately something bad will happen if we don't deal with it in our hearts. Things arise, bitterness, uh, anger, rage, frustration, uh, resentment, resentment, could stand for this anger stored for future use so so we 're being told by Paul that uh, we need to deal with what what happened to us today, and we need to deal with it in an appropriate way so that we don't carry it to tomorrow, because ultimately when we carry it over, when there's a carryover from the incidents from the the, the wounds, from the hurts. Uh, Of today till tomorrow, something begins to happen in our heart. And he even tells us what that is. So uh, to summarize verse 26, keep a short account. Deal with it. Deal with it before you go to sleep. This is one of the ways that we guard our hearts. Above all else, guard your hearts. Because out of it flow the issues of life. So one of the ways we guard our hearts from this anger problem is that we deal with the things that have happened to us today that have caused uh, problems in our heart, that have wounded us, okay? Verse 27 goes on to say this, And do not give the devil a foothold. Do not give the devil a foothold. So, so we put these things together. The worst thing we can do is put off today. Put off, put off today what we should deal with today. And what we see happening is we carry over this anger problem. What happened to us as teenagers, uh, people are bearing the brunt of today. What happened to us in our first marriage, our second marriage spouse is dealing with today. Are you getting what I'm saying? It, uh, the, the wound is there. The anger resides there. It, it's lurking inside of our hearts. It hasn't been dealt with. We haven't been healed. And people uh, face the consequences Of that, Many, many times, and most times, innocent people in our lives face the consequences of that anger. They're not even responsible for what has happened to us. And and interestingly enough, when we lose sight of, uh, say, for example, we don't deal with it, we're stubborn, we want to do it our way and not God's way. Say we don't deal with it, we lose sight uh, of that actual experience that caused that hurt and brought about that anger— Years later, months later, we're angry and we don't even know why. We couldn't even tell someone we love why we're angry. We're just just mad. I'm just mad. Don't even know why. I'm just mad. It stinks. It stinks for the people who love you. Again, it doesn't make you a bad person. Maybe you're not motivated to change it, but I could bet you the people who love you are are motivated to see you change it, you know? So uh, the passage goes on to say, do not let the sun go down while you're angry and do not give the devil a foothold. The devil having a foothold is like me going over here and opening this door to my life and saying, devil, come on in. Do what you want. And guess what? You don't have to tell him twice. He will do what, uh, he's going to take advantage of that opportunity. He's going to seize that opportunity. So not dealing with anger gives the devil an open door to our lives to make things worse. And maybe you're sitting here today, and maybe it's not you that has that stuff going on in your heart, but you know people, you know people, and you're like, wow, if you saw that, I mean, just over the, just a little thing, he flips out, it's crazy. One time I was riding with him in the car and someone, you know, cut him off. It, was, it wasn't even that big of a deal and he's pounding things and screaming and, you know, have you ever seen people like that? That's, that's the result of undealt with uh, uh, things uh, that have wounded that person's heart. But there's a solution. That's the beauty of it all. There's a solution. And so uh, if you skip down... In your Bible, we don't want to give the enemy a foothold. We don't want to uh, uh, allow him um, an open-door policy on our lives. If we skip down just a few verses later, Paul makes an interesting statement or two interesting statements. He says this, verse 31. He says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Now, if you look at those words in their just general, they all fit together, don't they? I mean, you could categorize an angry person as someone who's got rage, uh, uh, bitterness. You could categorize an angry person as someone who's, who's dealing with a lot of these words. But Paul says this, get rid of it. Well, that sounds easy, Paul. I mean, but you don't know what happened to me. You're, you're sitting in your posh little, uh, your posh little desk and writing these commands, but you don't know the wounds that I've experienced in my life. I mean, it sort of seems very simple. Oh, get rid of it. Yeah. How do you get rid of it? It seems really easy. Well, let me tell you something. Paul was not writing from a posh desk. He was writing from prison. Paul was writing from a position where uh, he had been beaten, wounded. Uh, he's, he's serving the Lord. Uh, you know, if we, if some of us went through what he went through, we would have given up long ago. He, he's he's caring for people. He's loving people. People are turning their backs on him. He's in prison. It's a place of filth and nastiness. It's not good. He has every reason to be angry, angry at God, angry at people. He has every reason to carry this bitterness, this rage. He says, get rid of it. Sounds good, Paul. How do we do that? Well, the wonderful thing about this passage is he gives us an answer for that. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Verse 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. You see, when we carry guilt, the I owe you feeling is on us, and and the the answer to that, God's answer to that is confession. When we carry anger, the you owe me uh, thought goes with that anger. You owe me something. You owe me an apology. You owe me my life back. You owe me. You know, you've robbed me of something. You've taken something from me that you can never give back to me. You owe me. And God's answer to the problem of anger is forgiveness. God's answer to the problem of anger is forgiveness. Because only only God's remedy is going to work. I'm sure you've tried many things. I'm sure you tried to control the words that come out of your mouth, that rage that that boils up inside of you when someone says something the wrong way or, or does something that frustrates you or you don't get what you want or expected. Uh, you've tried to control it, but the reality is you can't control it because there's something deeper down inside that only Christ can heal. And so you could try everything and you could continue to try it or you could try God's way. And so Paul says in verse 32... Be kind and compassionate one, passionate to one another. You're telling me to be kind and compassionate to someone who, who hurt me the way he did or said that to me the way she did or treated me and walked out on our family? You're telling me to be kind and compassionate? Forgiving one another, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Sometimes we lose sight of how big of a deal it is that God forgave us. So, sometimes we lose sight or we forget how much we've been forgiven and how free God has made us through that forgiveness. I mean, we, are, we were far off. The Bible says that we were once in darkness and he brought us into light. He, he didn't hold those things against us. He didn't say, you owe me. He said, I love you and I'll pay the price for you to be forgiven. And he paid a heavy price. And because of that, we could be free today. We could be free. We don't have to bear the shame and the guilt of our sin. He's taken it all away. We, we don't have to be burdened by the baggage of our past. Uh, we can be free. We, we could stand up. Uh, You know, we could stand up strong, our chest sticking out, our head held high because I'm a son. I'm a daughter of God. I have been forgiven. I, I don't carry none of that sin. That is gone. He's taken it from me as far as the east is from the west. He has separated me from that, and that is no longer who I am. He's changed me. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. He's changed me. And so we, 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 could, we could celebrate that part and we could relate to that and we willingly accept that from God. But we're told forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. That's a big, big deal. And so you, you want to root anger out of your heart? The remedy is forgiveness. So I, I want to walk you through what that looks like. I want to walk you through the idea of canceling a debt because they owe you something in your mind. They owe you an apology. They owe you your life back. They owe you your. They took something from you. The reality is they'll never, ever be able to pay you back. And so all this time you've been holding out uh, uh, in hopes that somehow there'll be a repayment. There'll never be a repayment. In fact, a lot of your life you've been walking around likely in anger and having anger issues. And they, you know, many times people look at you and don't feel that you have anger, but it just takes that one thing and all of a sudden, boom, you know, explosion, flip the lid, uh, you know, and people are like backing off, scared, walking on eggshells. They don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. They're scared. That's not good. And Jesus wants to take that anger and, 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 and take it all away, rip it right out, root, root it out of your heart. So you could be free in that area. He's made a way for that to happen. And, and uh, one thing I want to ask of you is this. Before I get into how, how do you forgive? Now, you may, not, you may think of yourself, and maybe you've shut me down by now because you, you're not angry, but you haven't forgiven somebody. Well, this would also apply to you because ultimately, uh, uh, you, you've got to forgive in order to be forgiven. Matthew 18 is a very powerful parable about this man that owed this king so much money. And and, uh, he begged the king, he begged the king, please forgive me. And so the king forgave him, I mean, millions of dollars. The Bible tells us in Matthew 18 that he walked outside. He saw someone that owed him a few bucks and he started to choke him and said, I want my money that you owe me. And the guy said literally the same words that he said to the king. Please forgive me. I'll pay you back. Please forgive the debt. Please forgive me. And the guy wouldn't forgive him. And that's the picture of me and you when we receive willingly forgiveness from God, but we don't willingly give forgiveness to others. That's the picture, uh, just a brilliant parable by Jesus. But this, here's, here's the question that I have for you. How long will you allow people you don't even like... You don't know where they are in life. You don't know what they're doing. Maybe they're not even alive anymore to control your life. How long? You might want to get out a calendar and mark a date. I mean, they've been controlling your life up to this point, right? I'm not, I'm not diminishing the fact that you've been hurt and wounded. Uh, it's a reality. And, and I'm, I'm deeply sorrowful for the fact that you, you went through what you went through. But the reality is that person that wounded you is controlling your life today. They're controlling your relationships current. They're controlling your future relationships. They're controlling your family because your behavior is impacted by that day, by that moment, by those incidents, by that period of time in your life. They're controlling you. How long? Get a calendar out and choose a day because you can be free. Jesus made a way for you to be free. You've just got to choose uh, to, to walk away from that. I mean, out of your hurt... People are paying the consequences from it. The reality is you can't undo what's been done, but you can change the path of your future. You don't have to let the past control your life any longer. You don't. And so I want to go through just a, a, a very quick and simple way that we can learn to forgive. And the reality is that this, I believe, is, is what the psalmist in 4.4 is saying when he says something like this, in your bed, something to the effect of check your heart's. Or uh, search your hearts at night. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. I believe that, uh, that he's, he's alluding to a process of I've got to identify who hurt me and what happened to me today or what made me angry, what wounded my heart. This is part of guarding your hearts, right? I've got to identify that. I, I've got to figure out what as a result of how they or why they hurt my heart, what they owe me, and then I've got to cancel the debt. So this is what it looks like. I'll go through those one by one. The first thing, this is how we forgive. So if, you, if you've if you struggled with forgiveness, if you've got unforgiveness in your heart, or if you're seeing anger, or people are asking you questions like, why are you so mad? Or if you're seeing people walk around you with, uh, like on eggshells, careful, super careful about the things that you uh, they say to you or the actions they take around you. Or if you're the kind of person who just loses it every once in a while, there's there's something there, and I believe the Holy Spirit will reveal to you what it is or who it is that you have to forgive. So this is what it looks like. Identify who you are angry with. Number one, you, you can't just assume that mo- going past it, moving past it, dealt with the issue of your heart. You know, we can put a lot of things in the past, but ultimately what Jesus was addressing in, in Matthew 15 was that those things will, will come out if they're not dealt with. We can bury them. We can control them. We can smile when we have to smile. We could say nice things when we have to say nice things. But ultimately, that's going to come out if it's not dealt with the right way. And, and putting it behind us is not the right way. Forgiveness is the right way. So, so we need to identify who we are angry with. And I'm going to ask you a few questions that maybe can help stir up the answer to that question. Who do you hope to never see again? When you're out and about or when you run into family or when you're in your classrooms or in your school, uh, when you're at work, who do you hope to never see again? Who would you like to pay back if you knew you wouldn't get caught? Is there someone like in your heart of hearts, if you were just totally transparent and and honest, you'd want to pay someone back for what they did to you? Who do you find yourself having imaginary conversations with, telling them off, responding because you didn't, you didn't take that advantage or take opportunity to respond when you were standing in front of them? Who do you have imaginary conversations with? That might give you an indication of who you are angry with. Number two. So number one, identify who you're angry with. Number two, determine what they owe you. What would they need to do in return to pay you back? Is it money? Is it an apology? Is it, you know, is it, uh, they, they took 15, 20 years of your life because of what they did to you and they, they robbed you? What do they have to do to pay you back? Um, you know, do, do they have to give you money, time, a marriage, a family? Did they, did they damage your reputation? Did they take a chapter of your life? Determine what they owe you. And third and final, cancel the debt. In that parable in Matthew 18, the king, in fact, defined to me for me what, what forgiveness is. He says, I hereby cancel the debt. That means you don't owe me anymore. When, you're, when you have anger and frustration and unforgiveness, the feeling is that someone owes you something. And what we need to do is cancel the debt. We need to let it go. We we don't we don't uh, stir that thing back up again, we, we don't we don't bring it back. We don't talk about it. Uh, I mean, we could t- if there's if it's if we're in the process of healing, we could talk about it. But we're not we're not bringing it up as if they owe us again. Even though I canceled it today, you understand what I'm saying? So so we cancel the debt. We decide that that person doesn't owe us anything any longer. And this, these are some principles in life for for the rest of your life. If you live these out, your heart will be free from unforgiveness and anger. If you choose not to, then there's something going to happen in your heart. It's sort of like, come on in, Mr. Devil. Come on in, Satan. I know you're an accuser. I know you want to uh, steal, kill, and destroy from me, but I'm just going to give you an open-door policy to my life. It's sad, but we do that because we're stubborn, and we let our emotions control us instead of the Word of God. Okay? So uh, we, did, we need to decide that that person doesn't owe us anything anymore. The words are so powerful. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. How would you feel like if, if you went, you began to talk to God, and you just, you know, you messed up today, you, you said some hurtful things to someone, and, and you go to God, and, and, and He says, well, I'm sorry, you already you already crossed your limit of sins for being forgiven. Sorry. That wouldn't be good, would it? Right? No. And so... It, we, we need to be willing. We, our expectation and anticipation is that God is going to forgive us, right? As far as the east is from the west, he's going to separate our sins uh, 70 times 7. I mean, we, we can go to God knowing that he's already paid a price for my sin, and his desire is to restore relationship with us. But Paul writes these Ephesians, just as in Christ God forgave you. Do we need to forgive others? Being kind and compassionate to one another. Instead of anger and bitterness and rage, kindness and compassion and forgiveness. We need the heart of God to do this. We need, we need God's grace and he'll give us that grace to do that. Now, after you've forgiven, you need to make the daily decision that I'm not reopening the case. They do not owe me. I've already canceled the debt. It's a done deal. Your emotions may, you know, may go up and down. You may have good days and bad days, but the decision is the decision. I have canceled the debt. And you'll find over time, after you stick to your decision, uh, not reopening the case, not, not getting angry again and and uh, uh, telling them they owe you again or feeling like they owe you again. But you'll find over time, after you stick to your decision, your emotions will line up with your heart and your mind. And you'll be free. But there's always that starting point to say, you know what, I've got to cancel the debt. So, So figure it out, who it is. You might need to make a list. Maybe there's multiple people in your life that have wounded you, hurt you, and are even to this day controlling aspects of your life figure out who it is, figure out what they owe you, and then cancel the debt, and you'll be free. You can walk this out, and they won't owe you anything anymore, and you won't have anger in your heart, and you'll be free. I mean, this is God's desire for us. I want to close with just a few thoughts, and maybe today you're here, and the Holy Spirit's speaking to you about this topic, and maybe some of the descriptors that I've used to describe anger, they apply to you. Maybe, maybe you're here today and, and you know, and maybe the, uh, the Holy Spirit's even shed light on the fact that you know who it is and the incident and what it is that they owe you and all these things. Why don't you just choose to cancel the debt? It is your step toward freedom. It's amazing. When Christ br- brings freedom into our lives, it's amazing, the experience, the feeling, the uh, feeling. Uh, the lightness, we don't have to carry that load anymore. I can tell you this. The people who love you are rooting you on. The people who love you would no longer have to, have to walk on eggshells and be, be afraid of, of being themselves in front of you. They'll be free as well. It'll be an amazing day. Amen? Like I said before, every time I prepare these messages, I'm dealing with stuff in my heart. I have had to deal with some stuff related to anger in my heart. It's It's not something to be ashamed about. It's something that we can begin to decide, yes, that's me, and walk toward freedom. That's what Christ came to do. He came to bring freedom to our lives. He wants to set you free. He wants you to not carry that burden anymore. And so, um, here's my here's my thought as as we close today. You need to choose to forgive.